Hey folks, Zach Ostrom here, Iowa Insider, Indianapolis Star. It is Monday night, November 27th, 2023. This is Mind Your Banners. He is Mike Nislik for the Bloomington General Times with me as always. We figured we'd just kind of do one of these and reset for you. We obviously podcast, uh, podcasted, podcast. I think it should just be podcast. Like one of those where the, the present and the past tense are both the same verb. Um, but uh, we, we talked... Sunday, obviously, about Indiana's decision to dismiss Tom Allen. Um, as happens with coaching searches, a lot's going on in a short space of time. Some of it is public, a fair bit more of it is private. Um, but just to kind of reset for you, Mike, I, I think that the biggest bits of Monday, the beginning of the march out of Indiana's roster into the portal, as expected, um, some pretty big names in there. Indiana has engaged with Turnkey, which is one of the biggest search firms in uh, the U.S. And, and certainly one of the biggest search firms in in sort of the sports world um, to help with this search. And we can talk more about that in a minute. And just broadly speaking, I think you're starting to see some names come off the board that are just sort of clarifying everybody's thinking around a coaching mar- market that actually quietly is kind of busy i would argue in the tier where indiana would generally be looking for a coach why don't we start with the transfer portal you wrote uh, i thought an interesting piece trying to say uh everything's calm you know or, or, don't don't panic i guess was your message um so 17 player here's the number 17 players uh, have entered the transfer portal uh big names donovan mccauley uh brandon sorsby Trent Holland, four of the five starting offensive linemen, except Mike Kadick, who can, I think, has a COVID year, but could also just choose to, you know, either move on to the NFL or stop playing. Well, you know, you know that's uh, in his in his court still. And then uh, there's reports that uh, Philip Dunham um, is the is has entered as well, and he would be the biggest name uh, right now on the defense. That leaves the I have a projected scholarship chart. Uh, but might be missing a name or two of like guys that they've kind of put on scholarship quietly that right now, numbers wise, if all the other seniors leave that haven't announced they're leaving would leave the roster at doing math in my head, uh, 50, uh, 48 players. Um, now I agree with you in that they won't lose everybody that's entered their names in, but I would say that the names that they want to keep are now that they've declared are going to have offers on the table before they're legally allowed to have, you know, tampering goes on. Tom Allen talked about that. Every coach talks about that. And so I do think that there is going to be a very bare cupboard here for this new coach. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, basically what I, what I said in the insider was um, there may be a time to panic. It's not right now. And, and what I meant by that is, you know, I mean, even if, Indiana had not changed coaches. I think there's still an extent to which this would be happening, or at very least, you know, you mentioned tampering. Tom Allen's talked about it. Plenty of coaches have talked about it. Maybe there wouldn't be guys that would be publicly declaring they were going in the portal, but, you know, quietly um, where, where, you know, prying eyes can't reach, they would be having conversations with people who would be at very least sort of representing other programs and saying, Hey, if you enter the portal, this is the sort of opportunity we, we would be able to offer you from an NIL perspective. I don't even know if it's good. I don't even think it would be that subtle. 
No, it, I mean, maybe not. Maybe it wouldn't be. Um, <laughs> but you, you, I, I did enjoy all the people. All, I think I saw a bunch of Michigan fans tweeting at Aaron Casey to uh, to transfer to join Michigan. Um, which, He's the one player that's not going to be able to enter the transfer. Yeah, panel. yeah. It's. I mean, listen, I'd want Aaron Casey on my team too. Um, but that you know, you run out of time after a while. Um, basically, my argument was just essentially. You know, this is why Indiana wants this search done in just the. I would say the next few days. I wouldn't be shocked if it's wrapped up by the end of the week. If it's not, then I think it will be because Indiana had to pivot without it. You know, it's unexpectedly a little bit. Um, and essentially, what I just said was the 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 thing that should concern IU fans is basically how many of these players the next coach can get back. That that's that's the part in the process. Well, that's it's like, the focus. Yeah, and to me, it's like. There's a small group of these players, and not not being insulting to the guys that you know. That there's just a tier above, like McCulley, uh, I think is a, in kind of a tier of his own. I would argue Carter Smith is a guy. You know, guys with multiple years of eligibility that now have played. Philip Dunham, you know, uh, Benson, and the, I think. The, pardon, B- Benson. I think Khalil Benson is one that they would be. They would do. Well yeah, to. Benson is another guy in there. Um, and even Trent Holland, I thought he showed, you know, when he actually was kind of the primary background, that brief stretch, um, he was a piece that I think like you'd like to have as sort of a, a guy in that running back room. And now we're only less than 48 hours in, and this is the numbers we're at, so you fully expect there to be even more. And so I just think that with those group of players, you're going to have that tampering, and it's going to be hard, you know, no matter what the date is. And, you know, I, I think we've both kind of on the same page here where – you know, this week is because kind of I think what everybody hopes behind the scenes that this gets done. Um, those guys are going to have the offers on the table already, even though the transfer portal window d- doesn't open till December 4th. I just think it's a big number. And I think the for me, the reason why fans don't necessarily have to panic is that counter is gone. And I don't know if we mentioned that the other day, but, you know, it used to be where you can only sign 25 players. Um, and that, you know, when I covered Eastern Michigan, like when Chris Crichton took over, who's you know, kind of on some of these lists for Indiana, they could not get back to that scholarship. It took them three years to even get to 85, three to four years to get to 85 because they were so far behind. Um, now you can do it in one year. I mean, you know, Colorado signed however many 50 plus. That's not an ideal way to build a roster. Um, I just think, you know, the top level talent here could be cleared out in a pretty quick order just because, like I said, those are the guys that are going to have, you know, very much interest and, and it's not to say like you wouldn't want some of the defensive linemen that when the portal me you lost your kind of three you know kind of rotational pieces at defensive tackle you know guy like like you know nick james um is somebody you want you know would be a nice piece to get back but he's not on the same level of mccauley and those are the guys where you kind of squint and you looked at some of the pieces they have offensively and you're like okay you know maybe th- th- somebody that can come in here you'll get a quarterback and and have a couple pieces. Now you kind of worry about that. You're just starting over from like scratch. And I think that's hard for any coach. I mean, and you've seen it. Yeah. And I mean, this is also, listen, I mean, this is going to be a conversation that you know, any AD is going to have with any person they interview. And they're not necessarily going to say, what are you going to do to solve the roster problem in the first 48 hours? That's the most important reason I'm hiring you. But they're also not going to sit there and say, don't worry, you can let the roster melt and just punt the first, you know, 24 games of your tenure, um, because that's not really practical, particularly kind of in the modern landscape of, of college football either. Um, 
the one thing that is worth saying is if Indiana can get this wrapped up by Thursday or Friday, and again, I I, I know you wrote this in, in one of your pieces today, I think about the search firm. I, I, I have wrote this. I've said it as well. I think Thursday or Friday may well be Indiana's kind of target at this point. And I, let, think, that's, I think that's essentially the goal, you know, yeah. and, I, and it's depending that, on how things, that's not yeah. super unrealistic, Like Texas A&M, you know, move through two candidates that, that quickly, um, you know, Mississippi state identified, you can, you can think whatever you want about the hiring of Jeff Levy. They identified Jeff Levy. They moved quickly. This is what everyone's doing anymore because the one piece of this, that, that does make a little bit of difference is the, the actual portal window doesn't open until the fourth. So if you can get somebody in by the end of this week, then provided these guys are not just both feet out the door, their room is packed. They have no interest in coming back to Bloomington. There is just nothing tying them to Indiana and you, and you have no chance of getting them to get out of the portal and come back to IU anyway, you're going to have at least the weekend to potentially go out and, you know, meet with some of these kids, their families, you know, paint a bit of a picture, obviously have at least a little time to dig through film and, and kind of talk about this is how I would use you and, you know, how I think you can develop and yada, yada, yada. But that's why that sort of within the week timeline is is important and not just for Indiana, but why you see so many of these coaching searches moving so much more quickly than than maybe they used to, maybe what they we would have seen them do 10, 12 years ago. And it speaks to the uniqueness of the situation. You know, I've never had, you know, I don't know. I mean, you've done a couple coaching searches, but not one recently. I mean, because it was like really Kevin Wilson and. Alan, there was no sort of separation in their their term, their tenures. Um, but like letting go the, the the staff being contingent on the head coach, having everybody let go, you know, all these guys are entering there's no connection to the port the program right now for these kids, too. Um, and so that's sort of unique that, you know, there's you know, they have a transition team, but like, you know, anybody that's gonna stick around, we don't know. Um, so it's sort of, you know, they're on their own making these decisions. So, you know, the sooner the better, like you said, there is some urgency. And, you know, you mentioned there, the, the, whoever comes in has to have a plan for building that roster. And that will be probably a, a key question. You know, what are you doing it through the high school or you, what's your portal strategy? I think the biggest question for a lot of these guys, especially if you're offering off um, pursuing an offensive minded coach, so who are you targeting a quarterback? And so, cause I think that's like number one underlying, you know, three star. That's like the key question, I think, for a lot of these these uh, prospective coaches, because, you know, obviously they're, they're going to be rebooting that room again. Um, and you've seen kind of the problem. I mean, that's kind of where uh, Tom lost his way when they couldn't get the offense figured out. And you're on mute. Oh, no. I need a, I need a search firm to help me remember when to hit the mute button. Um, I don't think you could afford Turkey. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't need a, a, a really high level search firm. You wouldn't need a, a national one. You could like maybe do it like a regional. They can put a picture of me in the little area that says our clients include. Um, the one thing I would say, and this wasn't in my piece, but I do think it is relevant. You know, a, a big piece of Allen's success at Indiana, even as the wins and law, the wins kind of waned, was, you know, kids belief in him and, and buy into his personality, his character. So, you know, the, I guess the one thing I would say for anybody who's concerned, if you know some justification for it or whatever, I would expect a little bit more sort of, hey, I was really here for the coach, a little bit more so than the program. Um, obviously, 
you know, that waxes and wanes. And, and of course, you know, in, in the NIL era. That could, you could make that up real quick, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's always ways to sort of, you know, yeah. to, to bring somebody's mind and bring somebody's uh, mind around your way of thinking. But it is just worth kind of considering, you know, a lot of players will be upset when their coach gets fired in general, they get attached to, you know, their head coach, their position coach. It's familiar. Those people are very important in their lives. I think it was particularly pointed with Tom Allen. I think it is worth it is worth saying that. And so um, I do think that is something that that could wind up being a factor for a, a handful of these kids that, you know, Indiana could hire, you know, just about anybody within reason. And and they'd say, yeah, but I was really here for, yeah, you know, for Coach Allen. And, and that that's kind of um, – Search firm, I think, is something we should talk about. And I will admit that that my tweet was not particularly well worded. Um, but man, there are no two words that I think are more misunderstood in in modern coaching searches than search firm. There is such a perception among fans that, and I, I get it to a certain extent because we call them search firms. We don't call them background check firms. We don't call them someone who can call agents so that coaches Facilita and athletics directors facilitating don't. facilitating firms yeah really we don't, what, we don't call like... them plausible deniability firms we call them search firms um there is such a perception though that if you engage a search firm it's because you don't know what you're doing or you've run out of ideas and so, yeah yes. and, but to that point I, to me what i took it was is that they're not going to leave any stone unturned because they have only done one coaching search essentially in the last 20 years and Dolson's been here his whole career. And so other voices, other perspectives, to me, that's what the search firm represented. They'll do some of the, you know, I, I don't know the exact thing, you know, haven't laid out what they're, but I mean, you know, their sort of responsibilities could be as, as simple as doing background checks. I mean, they're not necessarily sort of the guiding light, but I also think that when you employ these things, when you haven't really done something and, you know, since what was it 2011 was Kevin Wilson. And then the time before that was 10 years before that, you know, it's like, yeah. Well, so yeah. So it, it's actually been a really long time because Kevin Wilson was an open search. Bill Lynch took over. Bill Lynch was not. Yeah, yeah. And obviously that was when Terry Hepner died. So the, the last search before Wilson would have been, and I wasn't around for this. I was, I was still in high school. Um, still enjoying the glorious days of my misspent youth. So I, I don't have like reference for the DiNardo to Hepner hire. How but I'm saying like that was but, the last actual, those are the two, there's two national searches. I mean, that's very few for a program where there's been that many coaching changes. So I think you don't leave any un stone unturned and, and, you know, you use your resources. You could, I, to me, it made sense. That's why I kind of asked the question today to, you know, about it to sort of find out what, what they were doing and, and turnkeys, obviously the popular sort of, uh, you know, I think some of the last ones they use uh, Texas, Arizona, South Carolina, I think were some of the most recent college ones. I think they helped the ACC identify uh, Delaney, uh, the commissioner. Um, you know, they helped them when he was uh, when um, they had the retirement. So um, I think they may know. have been involved in Brett Yormark going to the Big 12, too. I might be wrong about that. Yeah. So. I mean, like, like I said, to me, it, you, know, you know, I get why fans are apprehensive, but to me, I, I just think that you want to be, you know, if you're all in trying to figure out, um, you know, casting as wide of a net as you can to try to, you know, do your due diligence, it made sense to have somebody helping you out and sort of being a backstop. 
and listen, you know, this is a cottage industry and the people who are successful in it make a lot more money than probably perception suggests their, their work requires, but it is worth saying on the back end search firms can, you know, you can provide a profile and, and search firms can go and basically sound out agents. And, you know, like, for example, if you go into a search and you wind up interviewing somebody you didn't think you didn't expect to be interested, that probably happens through a search firm because, you know, you sit with the search firm and you say, these are kind of the factors. These are the, these are the motivation motivations for our change. These are the, uh, the things that we are kind of, we think are most important here. And the search firm can just make some, some very discreet inquiries with agents and other sort of representation. And if there's somebody, I, I don't want to pull out a name because I don't want, I just, I don't want like, a, a reporter saying a name out loud. Let's say John Gruden. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, it, it, it. let's say there's somebody who's really successful out there that actually just says, you know what? I, my wife grew up in Indiana. I don't love my AD right now. Indiana has got big 10 money and, and, you know, I'm not so sure. Fans that... are desperately going to be searching for like what? Whose wife is from Bloomington now? No, no, you've said you've said. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're, you're. So you're new to this. The key is horse property. It's, it's all horse about property? who's looking for horse property outside Bloomington. Um, <laughs> I could list you the, the the number of basketball coaches that own horse property outside Bloomington because of 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 the last like. I mean, it's it's a it's a who's who. You'd be amazed at how many basketball coaches have allegedly purchased horse property outside Bloomington. No, it. it <laughs> So search firms can do that and they can bring back names. They can also do some really deep background. These are people who know basically everybody that you'd need to call about anything from, you know, the, the physical background check, the running through and checking to make sure, you know, your, your record and all this different stuff to like just getting on the phone and just having a really sort of discreet conversation. What do I need to know about this guy? Are there any skeletons in the closet? Is there this? Is there that? And then the other thing a search firm can do that is really important to ADs, whether it's important to fans or not, is they can have all the conversations before the interview, which is to say that the AD is going to want to get up there and say, I only interviewed one candidate. I, I only, we, we were only serious about one guy and it's this guy and we know he's the right one. And what they don't say is that the search firm talked to a bunch of agents and did background on a handful of, of different coaches and then helped kind of just, you know, clarify, in this case, Indiana's thinking to the point that Indiana said, okay, great, we're going to interview him. And we're confident because of all of this legwork that's been done behind the scenes by us, by turnkey, by anybody else, that once we sit, once we actually sit down for the formal quote unquote interview. Yeah. But he's going to say yes. And I I think what you can do before then is everybody can plausibly say, I didn't have any conversations with Indiana. No one. I never had any conversations with. Sure, him. sure. And and I, what they're saying, what they're saying, behind all that is, my agents had conversations with Turnkey, but I don't. I don't have to lie to anybody and say I didn't have conversations with Indiana. I guess I would be surprised now with that. Is that because when Virginia Tech had the search, they had no problem admitting like their initial wave of interviews was mostly done through zoom. And so they only had one like final interview, you know, like they had a finalist, uh, which was obviously Brent Pry. And I would sort of think that this will unfold. I'd, I'd be surprised if Dolson only interviewed one candidate, to be honest. Like I, I, I I would think that he's going to talk to a few, but in terms of like 
a real sit down or like the you know the the seriousness of it could be you know less like i think there's going to be an initial wave um you know because i i think it'd be you know i think what it would it, the, it, the weight of the buyout and what indiana is looking down the barrel at you want to i think talk to some people to see maybe something surprises you I, I think you have to go in an open mind and with zoom sort of i think the prevalence of now the world we live in coming out of covid that a lot of those first wave things are done that way um but then you can really say like we we did those but we had a candidate in mind you still have the you know uh, nobody's gonna not hire their guy right <laughs> there's not yeah. been a coaching search that hasn't hired well this was the guy all along like you said but i do think I'd be surprised, I guess, if, you know, from what I've kind of been told that, you know, Dolson's only talking to, to, to one locked in, just one, one interview. That's fair. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's fair. I just think one way or the other, I think the, the important thing here to understand is a search firm is not, first of all, Indiana has been engaged with turnkey from the beginning of this. Right. That second of all, a search firm is not who you call when you run out of ideas. There no, are, it's not like I had four names. I didn't. They didn't work out. Who do you got? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, I think that there was a time when we cast search firms that way for whatever reason. Um, but that's that's not how this works. It is a much more uh, collaborative process, and search firms can do things that either you know ads and departments can't do, or don't want to do, or maybe more appropriately, more accurately, don't want to be seen doing during a coaching search a search firm can take care of that so um but in terms of you know i you tw i think you tweeted about it but i i, I didn't sort of address it just because it's absurd but you know john gruden's obviously gonna be the next coach right do you want to spend some time talking about what you expect from the gruden area a gruden I'll, area i'll in, tell you what man bloomington i'll tell you what man i expect frank caliendo here like like that every, would be a good that would be a that would be benefit. fun that it would be, be a benefit. That would yeah. be absolute. Just him doing Bill Walton. I mean, just him coming in. Like they should introduce him at the intro press conference instead of Gruden, and and then do Gruden, like yeah. the fake Gruden and the real Gruden. Well, especially because I think one of my uh, my I I mean, listen, this is obviously aggressively uh, off to one side, but you know, we get Bill. Well, we get him in here doing Bill Walton just when the Pac-12 is is coming into the Big Ten. When he goes, has there ever been a player better than Detlef Shrimp? I, I, that line, that line always gets me. No. Um, the other thing on on timeline, I mean, we talked about it here. I, I know you've written this. I've written it. We, I think, we both said it in different ways. Um, it is worth repeating, though. I, I think they want to get this done quickly, um, and they, you know, I think it is probably. I don't know if Scott Dolson will ever admit, kind of, when in his mind he decided it was time to fire Tom Allen. You know, my suspicion would be probably after the Illinois game, somewhere, somewhere in the, in the kind of, you know, the hours after. Somewhere start. between uh, the regular, the fourth quarter ending and overtime. Yeah, I mean, well, somewhere between bowl eligibility being on the table and bowl eligibility being taken off the table, I would guess. Um, so I think he, he, I mean, I have a very firm sense he came into this with some candidates he was really interested in. Um, some people that he really wanted to vet, some people that he really wanted to sit down with. I think Pam Witten is involved in this. Um, you know, people know anybody who's listened to this and this predates you, 
anybody who's listened to this podcast or followed my, um, you know, reporting and analysis over the years knows I do not have a ton of time for the whole Michael McRobbie took $30 million from IU athletics thing, but I have no problem saying what I think is, is, it is probably more or less empirically true. Michael McRobbie was not a very hands-on university president when it came to athletics. He was not overly supportive of the idea that athletics was perhaps a more important auxiliary to his university than some of the others that he engaged with as much or more. And I think that was sometimes to athletics detriment. Pam Witten has been a lot more hands-on with athletics since she took the job of university president two years ago. Um, you've got to remember she was at, if I'm not mistaken, she was at Kennesaw State when they started their football program. So I think she has a firm idea of the importance of football to a, a um, you know, an educational institution and what, you know, how much money it makes, how much exposure it provides. She had a, she had a seat next to Tony Petiti in and the she, I mean, Classic. She could, she, been, and, she could have been picking his brain for some football ideas just in she, case. She and Dolson have, you know, been, I mean, it feels like all but joined at the hip these last few weeks. Um, and yeah. it just, it just feels like she, without wanting to be overbearing, I think she is going to be pretty heavily involved in this. And so I, again, it's not hard for me to see this process wrapping up fairly quickly. Yeah. And you wrote a pros and cons list to the job. Just one thing I'd add is that I, I think that one thing is in, in Indiana's favor is, and I don't know if you mentioned this specifically, but that there is now haves and haves nots, and the haves is the Big Ten and SEC and everybody else. And so um, I think that there's going to be a level of candidate that's probably better than you would have gotten five to ten years ago, even though you know you're in the same conference and you're same you f- you face the same uphill battles. But I think that the everybody wants to be in the Big Ten or the SEC. And, and, you know, I think that makes a difference in the candidate pool. And then the only other thing that I could add is that, you know, I'd be surprised if the hire doesn't have some sort of at least connection either to the Big Ten or Midwest based on kind of, you know, who Scott Dolson sort of, you know, consulting with and, and talking with and who's leans on just that there is that I think there's 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 a pull to try to get somebody that at least fits the footprint, if, if that makes sense. No, I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, you know, listen, I don't think you should limit yourself and just say you aren't going to hire anybody that's not, you know, a, a, or or discuss anybody that doesn't have Big Ten background. For example, I mean, I've been I've banged the Willie Fritzstrom just in general for a few years now, not just for Indiana, but for a number of programs, maybe of Indiana's stature, where. You know, it is it is kind of a nice. I mean, Willie Fritz is not unlike Lance Leopold. Like he runs the triple option, they just don't call it the triple option, and it's modernized in so far as it's run out of the gun, and the blocking concepts are a little bit less sort of like bespoke in the way that you know Paul Johnson, all Paul Johnson's linemen were like 260 pounds, and their splits were exaggeratedly large, and you know when you when you finally moved away from the triple, you had a, a roster that just wasn't fit for purpose to do anything else. Um, you know, Fritz and Leopold both run, um, you know, systems that are, you know, heavily sort of conceptually influenced by the triple while not, um, necessarily, well, not necessarily, 
you know, just out and out called triple option offenses. And I think that that would be intriguing for a program like Indiana where, you know, you do need a bit of a schematic advantage somewhere and it wouldn't hurt to just kind of be Jimmy Chadwell might fall into this conversation too. It wouldn't hurt to just kind of be the, the, the one program in the conference nobody wants to have to get ready for week after week. And the, the one program in the conference that kind of starts, you know, almost one touchdown ahead in enough of the games that it needs to win um, because teams just don't have time to get ready for it. And, and it's just, it's such a, it's such a distinctive thing. Um, but I agree with you that I think by and large, the focus is going to be on, you know, Midwestern, whether that's heavy Big Ten background, whether that is, um, you know, I don't know, somebody, I mean, from, from the, but, from the area, Fritz is from yeah. Kansas, but you know, I mean, yeah. I even think about somebody like, I mean, and I, I really don't think it's going to be Chris Kleeman or Kleiman is it? I think it's Chris Kleiman. At Kansas State, but like he's at Kansas State, but like he's from Iowa. He was at North Dakota State. He spent some time at Iowa Western. I think that's where he played as well. Like, uh, yeah, he, I just think a familiar, you know, a Midwest guy that's been outside of it's coached outside the Midwest. I still think has ties. You know, it's like or is familiar yeah. with the Big Ten and what it, the conference. You know, it, that that I think counts. And so, not necessarily somebody that's just like only coached in the Big Ten. Um, you know. It's obviously way, way limiting, but um, I think that would be a benefit to have a, a guy with a Big Ten background, um, you know, just because I think they want that familiarity, but I, I don't think that's a deal breaker. And like you said, to me, that's why I think you cast a wide net and you do do a couple interviews with the guys that don't fit that because it's like, maybe they surprise you. Maybe they have ideas that you didn't think of and that's sort of starts down that path because I, I think that does make a difference, especially when you haven't done a search. Um, you know, this is Dulson's really, you know, obviously did Archie Miller and, and found Mike Woodson, but this is his first football search. So I think, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see after the fact kind of, you know, how it unfolded for him and, and what he kind of went in with and if there were surprises along the way. But, um, yeah, I think you can keep an open mind, but I do think they have sort of like in their mind an ideal sort of, you know, couple things, one on a checklist. The one the last thing I would say, and then I'll just kind of open it up for your your final thoughts tonight. Um, I do think, I mean, you know, one of the things that I wrote about, and, and I wrote a kind of extensive pros and cons list. I don't know if it went up today or if it's going up tomorrow, but I think. Um, I, did I spoil it? I think it may maybe go. I read it behind the scenes, so uh, no, it's, I'm fine. Sorry, it's a spoiler I mean, alert. Anybody? There's 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 a lot more to it than just that, but I mean, I'll 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 spit out another uh, another sort of pro in my mind. Indiana's not going to have outrageous expectations and Indiana's going to do everything it can. Scott Dolson is on the record saying this to essentially schedule three non-conference wins every year. So Dang it, he did it. I mean, they canceled the Louisville games. I mean, yeah, so if 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 you take the Indiana job and you believe in yourself and you believe in, you know, your ability to win, you're going to basically start every season three and oh if you can get to a place where you're consistently better than like one of Purdue or Michigan state, you're going to start every season four and oh, and yes, there's always going to be Ohio state, Michigan state, Penn state, USC, Oregon, Washington, UCLA, a little bit less. So there will be years where you have all six of those on your schedule. There'll be years where you only have, you know, three next year, Indiana's got three of them. Again, if we recognize that UCLA is kind of a little bit something else right now, um, 
but the point is, you know, for example, and this this is a you know this is a heavily optimistic scenario. But Indiana's got eight home games next year. They've already knocked Louisville off the schedule and replaced it with who was it Western Illinois or Western Carolina? I can't remember. I think it was Western Carolina. Oh, um, I don't have to pull it up. I don't even remember. But the point is, they're going to be favored in every in every non conference game they play. If I'm not mistaken, all three of them are at home. You, you can get to a place where if you are a coach who can come in and affect some positive change quickly, you could be fighting for bowl eligibility in your first season. I don't think an Indiana coach has ever done that. It's, uh, FIU, it's FIU, Charlotte, Western, Western Illinois, and Charlotte. Do you, know Western what the Western, Illinois. do you know what the Western Illinois nickname is? The Leathernecks. I did not know that. Yeah. All, all three of those are, are at home. I'm not and sure. Obviously, what some of the some of the lesser opponents, uh, you know, obviously Purdue, Michigan State, you mentioned, but you know, he really swings on Maryland is going to be looking for a quarterback. That's at home. Northwestern, who will that be at a weird stadium too? Because they're going to be blowing up Ryan Field. I don't year. know. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't um, know the answer to that question. So that but... might be at a uh, that might be at Wrigley Field, um, and then Nebraska, Nebraska at home. So those are the three games you probably that swing uh, your schedule. I mean, because you got at UCLA, Washington, uh, Michigan, and at Ohio State. So, yeah. But the point is, you know, that would, you know, I mean, six and six in year one would feel like a grand slam for Indiana fans. Again, if I'm not mistaken, no Indiana coach has ever gone to a bowl in his first year. So, I mean, Indiana's obviously not been to many bowls. I'm not trying to be flippant, but, like, there's not a, a huge list to choose from. So my point is, you know, there's – it doesn't take a ton – to clear the bar. And I do think that is relevant for potentially a class of coach that is either maybe looking to get back in with a, 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 a bit of a chip on their shoulder or a class of coach that is, you know, maybe looking for a little bit more safety in the big 10 or whatever it might be to say, well, if I can get in there and I can make them competitive right away, that's going to buy me some serious time and some, some security that I wouldn't get just about anywhere else. I mean, there's, you know, there's a story I'm, I I reference in times like these. Kevin Wilson walked into his postseason meeting with Fred Glass after the 2012 season. They'd just gone four and eight. They'd lost four of their eight, four of their eight losses had come by a combined 10 points. And, you know, Kevin thought he was going to kind of get a little bit of a sort of, hey, next year's year three, we need to see something. And Fred Glass was like, yeah, this looks good. You know, you won one game in year one, you won four, and you were way more competitive in year two. The recruiting looks good. All these young players look good. It makes sense to me. I want to be patient. I just want to, you know, I want to be competitive and I want to be patient. And that's kind of the attitude at Indiana. It's a little different now. There's a little bit more of a win now mentality just in college athletics. But, um, you know, I, I do think you will get time and you will get patience at Indiana. Yeah, and I think next year, I mean, you do have the Michigan-Ohio State thing again, and you don't have that for a little while. So, I mean, once you get out of that, I mean, the schedule's not going to be that that slog, which Tom Allen was excited about, ironically, and he won't be around to, to, to see it. But um, that'll help whoever's the coach. Um, and we'll see, like we've talked about, what the roster looks like because uh, it's going to be plenty of new faces. So, We'll do another one of these as soon as there is uh... – reason to do it as soon as there's reason to do one um it is going to be interesting i mean it's going to be it's going to be fascinating just to kind of see how quickly this moves where indiana winds up going and then you know i think there's going to be an equal emphasis on getting some of the big staffing pieces in place 
I wouldn't be surprised to see Indiana jump into the idea of basically a program GM. Um, they've done stuff similar to that, but I think nothing quite that overreaching and formal so far. Um, you know, if, if it's, I mean, if it was somebody like Paul Christ, I'd be fascinated to know if Jim Leonard would come with him. Um, you know, because I think that, that people are going to, after, you know, the last three years pay understandably close attention to some of the coordinator hires as well. Um, but there'll be a lot to talk about. We'll leave it there for tonight. He's Mike Nislick. I'm Zach Gosserman. This has been Mind Your Banners for November 27th, 2023. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.